You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. I've said before that Mishnah is like poetry. It's very often laid out like poetry, but we need to pick up the patterns. And one pattern we're going to see today is the crossover of the partnership with the rule of five. So at the end of the, the last two Mishnayot we looked at, in the middle of chapter six of the Mishnah of Eruvin, talked about a household who was in partnership with his neighbors, one in wine and the other in oil perhaps, or perhaps both in wine. And then we learned about five groups who spent Shabbat in one dining hall. And we, they seem to have partitioned off this big dining hall. Each of the partitions had um, an opening into the courtyard. And we discussed whether these five groups needed to contribute separately to the Erov in the courtyard. Now we're going to pick up this pattern of partnership and five again as we um, go into the seventh Mishnah of the same sixth chapter. We're going to start with brothers. Achin hashutafin, brothers who are partners. They eat at their father's table, but they sleep in their own houses. So this is this is not it's not identical to the situation where there are five groups of people who've somehow partitioned up this big dining hall. But there is a similarity in the sense that they're their their partnership is not absolute. Yeah, they eat in one place, they eat together, but they sleep separately. And the Mishnah says, Each one must have its own Eruv. Just as we learned, by the way, that if the five parties had own separate rooms in this big dining space, they had to contribute separately to the Eruv as well. Having your own space to sleep seems to make you liable to make your separate contribution to the Eruv. And that means, by the way, that if they forgot, then um, they, uh, well, they need to annul their rights. So one of these five partners, just like one of the five groups who are sharing the dining hall, if they forgot to make the Eruv, then, um, well, in order for the other people to be able to operate, they need to give up their rights in the courtyard. Eimatai, when does this apply? This applies when they bring the Erov into another place. Remember, we learned that the essence of the Erov is that everybody contributes a loaf of bread. Or perhaps everybody contributes some flour and maybe we, we could bake a single loaf of bread out of it. But the point is that this shared food, be it one shared loaf or a basket with a few shared loaves, is going to be deposited somewhere in the courtyard. And we learned, by the way, that the house where the Erov is deposited does not have to contribute to it by the fact that the Erov is placed there. That, that is sufficient. 
So the Mishnah is going to say, Eimatai, when is it that these people have to bring their own contribution to the Eruv? When the Eruv is placed somewhere else. Maybe there's some other house in the courtyard where the Eruv is placed. Aval. Maybe the Eruv comes to their, to their house or their father's house, most likely. Remember, these are five brothers who are part, these are, these, sorry, these are brothers who are partners and who are eating at their father's table. So maybe the Eruv comes to their father's house. At that point, you know, they are already eating in their father's house. They're not sleeping there, but they're eating there. And so in one sense, they're already partners in their father's table and they don't need to contribute to the Eruv as long as it's brought to his house. It applies when they bring the Eruv elsewhere. If the Eruv comes to them, or here's another case, or maybe there's no other people living in the courtyard. Maybe these brothers and their father are the only ones who live in the courtyard. So, of course, in that case, the fact that their partners, their partner brothers, means de facto they're joined together anyway. Or if the Erev is brought to them, or if there's no one else in the courtyard, they need not prepare any Erev. So that's the partner Mishnah. If they're part of a larger courtyard, they have to contribute. If somehow the Erev, if somehow they are all of the courtyard, then they don't have to contribute. What about the five then? Remember we had a case of five, five groups splitting up a dining hall. Now let's have five courtyards opening into one another and into an alley. So try to visualize five courtyards in a row. I haven't drawn the houses in the courtyards, but you can imagine the houses running around the inside of the courtyards. And there's a gate from one courtyard to the other courtyard to the other courtyard. So people can walk between the courtyards. And there are also gates from the courtyards into the alley. So the five courtyards open into one another and into an alley. And this is the parallel, this really is the parallel Mishnah to the five groups who divided up this large dining hall uh, into five separate sections with partitions. Let's have a look at the Mishnah. Chamesh Chatzerot Tuchot Zolazol. Five courtyards opened into each other. And you can see in the diagram they're opening into each other. Ervu Bachatzerot. Oh, sorry. Chamesh Chatzerot Tuchot Zolazol. Five courtyards opened into each other. Uf Tuchot Lamavoi. And they also open into the alley. That's the picture we've seen. They open into one another and they open into the alley. Maybe they made an error for the courtyards. And this seems to imply that they made an error between the courtyards, i.e. they could carry between the courtyards. But they didn't make a partnership for the alley. They can 
carry between the different courtyards, but they can't carry in the alley. The commentators here say that, look, these are mitzvot de Rabbanan, but the rabbis didn't want people to forget the mitzvah of making the eruv in the alley, the shituf, the partnership in the alley. So they, they forbid carrying in the alley unless the partnership had been made. But it doesn't, but the other way around seems to work. For im nishtat fu bamavoi, if they made the partnership in the alley, If they made the partnership, if they made the partnership in the alley, mutarin kan If they made the partnership in the alley, they're permitted the use of both, both the courtyard and the alley. If they now we're going to see the opposite, it's actually the mirror image of these cases. They made the eruv in the um, courtyards and they made a shituf in the alley. Veshachach echad mehen, and one of them forgot. Veshachach ahead echad mibnei chatzer v'loirav. So they made an error for the courtyard. They made a shituf for the alley. One of the tenants of the courtyard forgot to contribute to the error. Mutarin mutarin kan vekan. We know we've already learned if the shituf in the alley has been made, that's sufficient for the courtyards. And of course, it doesn't work the other way around. Um, if one of the residents, the alley, did forgot to participate in the partnership, they are permitted in the courtyards, but not in the alley. The mavoi works for the... Um, courtyards just like the courtyard works for the houses it's a um it's not recursive it's um the anyway it, it's an it's analogous it, it's it's an it's analogous it's it's analogous the 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 partnership in the alley envelops the courtyards just like the partnership in the courtyard envelops the houses it's analogous what about what about a courtyard within a courtyard so this is the next example the Mishnah is going to look at. So look, we've got one courtyard which envelops another courtyard. We've got gaps. We've got obviously a gap so that we, people can walk in and out of the, of the inner courtyard. But the people from the inner courtyard actually have to walk through the outer courtyard in order to get to the alley. They have what you might say right of way. They've got a right of way through the outer courtyard to get into the alley. And the Mishnah is going to lean on the fact that the right of way through the outer courtyard gives the members of the inner courtyard a certain amount of ownership rights. Maybe the outer courtyard doesn't just belong to the residents of the outer courtyard. The residents of the inner courtyard have got some kind of stake in it because they have a right of way to walk through it. And perhaps that means that they need to participate in the Eruv. And this Mishnah, so that, that's the situation. We'll turn to the Mishnah. Now, the Mishnah is complicated and different people interpret it differently. I, I'm not happy to say 
that I understand it fully or can explain it satisfactorily. But at least let's picture in our, our minds the essential picture. And now let's just turn to the Mishnah. There are two courtyards, one inside the other. The inner one prepared an Erev, but the outer one did not. So the inner one is permitted, but the outer one is forbidden. So they can carry, the people of the inner courtyard can carry around the inner courtyard. But the people from the outer court, the people from the outer courtyard cannot. So we're okay in the middle, basically. So so far we're okay in the middle. Let's keep going. Maybe the outer one made an error, but not the inner one. Not the inner one. And the Mishnah says, they're both forbidden. Why are they both forbidden? Well, the outer one seems to be forbidden because it hasn't included it has it hasn't included anything representing the people of the inner courtyard. So the outer courtyard's made in eruv, but they haven't made an eruv with the residents of the inner courtyard. In fact, the residents of the inner courtyard haven't made any eruv at all. They can't and and they actually can't carry anything out into the alley at all. But, and this is where the Mishnah, it gets difficult to interpret. They both prepared an Eruv for themselves. So it sounds like they both prepared their individual Eruv, but they didn't make any attempt to share the, uh, the two Eruv in between the two courtyards. Each is permitted on its own. And, it's hard to reconcile this statement with the beginning of the Mishnah. It seems somehow as though both courtyards could make an Erev entirely on their own without including the other residents. And each would be permitted to carry in their own courtyard, but not across the courtyards. Not across. Which means, by the way, that the um, residents of the inner courtyard can't carry across into the alley at all. Rabbi Akiva Oser Rabbi Akiva seems to forbid the outer. Rabbi Akiva forbids the outer one. Rabbi Akiva Oser Hachitsuna shed risat haregel oseret. As far as he's concerned, the right of way across it prohibits it. So he, Rabbi Akiva seems to be going like the first opinion in the Mishnah. Remember, the first opinion in the Mishnah said if the Inner, if the um, outer one prepared an eruv, but the inner one didn't, then they're both forbidden. Rabbi Akiva seems to be saying that the the outer guy. It's no, there's no point in the outer guys preparing eruv without taking into account the ownership or the possible ownership or the right of way of the residents of the inner courtyard. And the Chachamim, the Chachamim, or Mrim, the sages say, by the way, the Halacha goes according to the first opinion in the Mishnah. The Halacha does not seem to go according to either Rabbi Akiva or the sages. But the sages say, Ein Drisata, Regal Sarta. The right of way 
over that courtyard does not prohibit the residents of the courtyard from creating um, their own Eruv just belonging to them. Just a right of way over that courtyard doesn't prohibit the residents of the courtyard from creating their own Eruv. And the halacha does not go according to the sages. Maybe the, maybe the, the sort of halachic consensus is saying, look, you know, we can't be ignorant to people who are walking over our property and let's not think we can just shut our eyes to them. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.